0: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halbus. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week has been a long time coming, almost six years of trying to get this man on the podcast. We've finally done it. My good friend, David Marion, the lead singer for Fear Before the March of Flames, and now of Memory Drip, his new band, which is absolutely unreal. Uh, I was so stoked to get this uh, this new record like I've been listening to it maybe nonstop, maybe nonstop, uh, and it's incredible. The riffs are incredible. The lyrics are incredibly deep, and and it's just a great, great record. Uh, you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, they've got a new song, uh, good for it. It's out now. You can go follow them on Spotify, on Instagram, all over the socials. Check out this music. It's absolutely incredible. David is, is one of my oldest friends from back in the band days when we got stranded in Colorado and first met Fear Before. And they took us in for several weeks while we were trying to get enough money together to get back to Portland and became fast friends, pretty much family. And it's it's just a incredible relationship that continues to this day. And I am so happy and proud of what he's doing now and, and just making some incredible, incredible music. I knew he wasn't done with music, when fear before ended. And I just, I've been waiting patiently for him to get back into it. And it's actually happened. And I've been waiting patiently to get him on the show. Like I said, it's been, oh, five, five and a half years of begging to come on the show. And he wanted to wait until he had something new to talk about. And uh, I absolutely understand that. And I'm so glad this finally happened. So check out memory drip. Good for us. The new song, a new single, Go check them out on socials and all that jazz. They're absolutely incredible, and we'll get into it on this conversation. You'll learn a lot more about it. Um, So let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right in. So uh, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions or comments. We also have the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group where you can find out who's coming on, uh, when it happens, and all that stuff. There's a lot of discussion that goes on in there. Uh, We have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. And there you get the old videos of the episodes. You get the past cast as well as the ad-free feed. Uh, Definitely check us out on YouTube. You can subscribe to us over there. It's fairly new for us. We're giving it a shot. Um, But I know this audience is mainly an audio-only audience, which I appreciate. So we may not do YouTube much longer. I don't know. But go ahead and subscribe over there. And uh, wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. Um, And if you're listening on Spotify, give us a rating. We really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, you've been waiting long enough. I've been waiting long enough. Let's jump into this episode with my good, 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 good friend, David Marion of Memory Drip. Hey. Hey.
1: recording in progress this meeting is being recorded oh, this meeting is being recorded okay got it how are you my friend i am good <laughs> how many years has this taken <laughs> how many years have i said no uh maybe
0: four and a half
1: <laughs> how long you've been doing it because i think it was supposed to be like the third or fourth interview
0: oh maybe six years that yeah i've been doing about six years almost yeah, yeah it sounds about right. Dude, it's so good to see you. It's good to it's see' been you been a man. long damn time. Yes, it has Oh and you've been through quite a bit of shit in the last uh number of years. Life is yeah come love, everybody we all yeah. we all yeah man. well, I'm stoked to do this. I really am i've I've been looking forward to this all week because we're in literally a snow apocalypse right now. We just had yesterday was the second snowiest day in Portland history since recorded weather. Oh. And I I got out there and I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try to to drive through this snow. I'm going to get to the studio and do this damn thing and I'm here. Well, I didn't mean to put you in danger. You, you didn't. I'm I'm from Alaska as you remember. <laughs> it's everyone else I'm worried about on the roads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how have you been, man? How, how have things been going for you lately? I, I know, uh, we could in and out of touch, but, um, you seem to be in a good place right now.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think everybody has different issues going on. Um, but you know, whether they're personal or family related or job related, but, um, you know, I'm always, or not always, but I, I've been dealing with, like some chronic migraine issues for the last decade plus mm. that, uh, are pretty debilitating. Um, and just going through the hoops with losing insurance and getting a new one and just kind of getting the run around from that end of stuff. But, um, personally with the music stuff, it's, something I never thought I'd be doing again. And here we are like getting ready for a a release. And by the time this comes out, we'll have music out finally, but, um, it's a, it's definitely a blessing. So, you know, there's always good and bad. I think, um, the health issues, I, I'm just ready for answers, you know, Mm -hmm. but
0: migraines are a weird thing, man. Like, the My grandma had chronic migraines her whole life, like a couple times a week probably, and yeah, they yeah, couldn't figure it out forever. They never did. They never figured it out because there's so many yeah. things that can cause it, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I had an MRI um, a couple of weeks ago. They say I'm not dying, so. That's good. <laughs> Just feel like it. Yeah.
0: Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's good news the yeah yeah. the uh i wonder this takes me back through all the history of of watching you on stage as to where these migraines may have come from perhaps it was getting your face ripped open uh and or the millions of times getting hit in the head or falling or my god man those are some brutal days
1: the things we do to entertain, I know, um, uh, I wish I could say I didn't, you know, dwell on those things as well. Um, you know, what was done by my own accord versus genetics or, you know, diet or, you know, it could be anything. Um, I try not to beat myself up over it. You know, I've known hundreds of friends that bang their head all day long and, you know, gotten their concussions in sports or, you know, skating or all, all the above for me, you know? So, um, I can't really pinpoint it, you know, but, um, definitely it's always in the thought process, you know, like, oh, should I have really been, shaking my head an hour plus every night, or should I have, you know, thought about things differently? It's all hindsight, you know, so I don't think I'd be able to do it differently. And I even, you know, going forward with live shows, I'm going to have to, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold back some, you know, it's not so much just doing it out of like a, it's not like a dance move, you know, that you're choreographing, but, um, for the style of music that we played and wrote, you know, it takes a certain amount of, you know, motion to get it out. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not something that you can do sitting in on a couch, you know, doing vocals. I, I, it took my whole body to do it in the studio, let alone, you know, on stage. So yeah. it's, uh, comes, comes with the territory, I guess.
0: Well, absolutely. I remember the days of, of, in uh, recording. I think I'm trying to remember if, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the timeline of events. If you guys recorded on that Daylista track we did before Odd How People Shake or of Odd How People Shake came first because either one of those times, I can't remember which one was the first time watching you record vocals in the studio and you would put the mic against the wall and like push into the wall. It was like yeah, something like I've never seen. Yes, like you were just like <laughs> forcing yourself, like you were trying to break through the wall. Like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of the idea behind it. And I, I've never seen
1: anybody else do it, but it was kind of the only way that I figured it out without touching the mic you know and yeah jostling it different different um producers or engineers would let me do different things um and i've kind of gotten better at it i guess but um whether it was uh, to go back to your original question though i think that anatomy of, of a ghost song uh was the first time okay Cause I think that was when you got left. Yeah. Was that, was Zach Clark?
0: Zach Clark was there. Uh, he might've been there. It was someone's um, studio that he worked at or something. He had some connection that didn't cost us. It was thing.
1: our friend Jason's studio. That's where we did like the first um, demos for uh, the band or, you know, the, the Ferris wheel mm-hmm. self titled three song or was it four four song EP? Yeah. Um, yeah. OK. And I believe the first time we met and you got left in Colorado, I think yeah. we went right into the studio and wrote a song <laughs> together.
0: I think that's what exactly a what a motherfucker
1: of a song that was. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I was I was a very terrible, terrible vocalist at the
0: time. It m- probably took me a hundred times to get that take. Dude, you you have, like, the most interesting come-up story because, like, if I remember, and this is all, like, I try to remember so many. I don't try to remember. I feel like I remember things a certain way, but I believe the story went that you were a friend of the guys in as they were in 36 Flip, and you would hang out at band practice, and then— i don't remember how it switched over but you like would start singing on some songs or trying some stuff out and then it just kind of became okay dave's gonna be singing and it became fear before the march flames like or or i forget the first band name uh, campton uh compton who i just had on remembered the the first oh nice in between oh, cam comteen i can never pronounce his name right i, oh, I get so mad at myself.
1: everybody bastardizes it i i it's always been can for me and I, I can't shake it. So, um, that's the way it stays, but, um, yeah, uh, it started in high school and, um, uh, basically, you know, we became friends in I think it was my senior year, their junior year, uh, well, Brandon and I's senior year. And then, um, Adam, Mike and Chugger were juniors and yeah, they had a pop punk band and, you know, we were inseparable. We, they practiced every day. You know, everyone once wanted to make fun of their past, you know, it's like, well, what were you doing in high school? They had a very successful pop punk band that, you know, sold out shows up and down Colorado. So (laughs) I was always proud of them and I thought they were going places and I was always just the guy who hung out and, you know, slept on the floor. You know, we all were just inseparable. So, um, I want to say, After they finally graduated, there was some kind of in-between stages. Um, Not everybody liked, you know, hardcore, heavy music to begin with. And, you know, over the course of a year, year and a half, we all sharing music the way we all did growing up, um, those influences started to change. And, you know, Adam would have like a yelly part and I would do that part with them live or, and it just kind of grew from there. You know, I wasn't, you know, Garrett Sheeran, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Sorry. I'm trying to remember everybody's timeline. And of course it's all together then, but yeah, he, he was the singer. Um, They let him try out (laughs) and they were gonna let him be the vocalist and i after he left i bitched a fit (laughs) (laughs) i was like you're not even gonna let me try how dare you i can't believe it and i wiggled my way back in. So I don't know for people who don't know, Garrett was one of our best friends and he was much cooler than me. He worked at the record store and knew, uh, Gatsby's American dream. And that's, I think that's how we all met them it was through Garrett. Uh, but you know, fate has a funny way of just, <laughs> Letting you be bold enough to push your way in, I guess. So I don't know. It, it's weird to think about, but that is the way that is the way it happened. And, you know, I actually, the, the band name fear before the March of flames and those first four songs were already written before, you know, I basically, walked into the studio and put vocals over the top of the songs that were already recorded. So mm-hmm. that was already kind of in existence without, you know, me being there. So it was only an addition, basically.
0: A very much needed addition, though. That's the that's the crazy part, is that I couldn't imagine that band without you in it. I couldn't. Uh, but the other thing, too, is about this is, you know, pushing your way in was a good way to put it, because... You kind of had to do that the whole time. Like push yourself into a role you didn't necessarily know how to do, but you made your you made your way. But the the coolest part about it, David, is you made it original. Like you you are one of the most unique front men I've ever seen. Your voice is one of the most unique in this in the genre for sure. And it always has been and it grew with you like every record changed, but it changed for the better. The lyrics, the the sound of your voice, the, the capabilities of your voice. You fought for all of that the entire time, but it was completely true and original. And I think that's where people gravitated towards is they believed you because it was real. And that yeah. is something you can't teach. You cannot... Like, you either have it or you don't, or you fight for it. and That's exactly what you did. And I've always admired that about you. Always. I'm always excited when, like, the next record come out, or I would see, because we wouldn't tour anymore. When I didn't tour anymore, I'd have to wait till I saw you in town, and then, like, what's going to happen? What's this going to sound like? It was always exciting to see where it would go, where are the lyrics going to go, like, where. It was always, a, a like, a pleasant surprise on where it went, because it was never the same and yeah anyways that's a whole bunch of shit in the same line there but uh like i say, one of the most original front men ever like your your movement on stage the way you captivate people like you didn't know how to do any of that you just went and fucking did it and it's so rad yeah i think we kind of lie to ourselves as we get
1: older thinking that you know things are going to come to us rather than you know pushing for them um it's Those are lessons that you have to keep learning. And, you know, that fake it till you make it saying is beyond true. You know, it's uh, the imposter syndrome. We all feel you kind of have to break through that at some point. Um, You know, you have gone through stages of denial, you know, thinking that I didn't want to be a part of music ever again. And that's, that might've been true for a while, but, you know, if you can let things go, you know, and try new things and meet new people, then, you know, I think you're going to be happier person in the long run. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. So it's taken me you know, a big part of the reason I didn't want to do this podcast or any podcast that for that matter is just feeling like I wasn't a part of a scene anymore or, um, um, that I just was different from the other guests that you have on the show. You know, like everybody has something to promote, whether it's a new project or a new album or um, just anything. So I guess it just needed to wait and Mm -hmm. I needed that too, because I didn't want it to be, you know, just looking at the past or whether that's good or bad. I just wanted something to talk about.
0: Sure. And I just wanted to talk to my friend Dave, man. Like that's like, that's what's so weird yeah. about this thing is like trying to convince somebody that it's not like it, almost the opposite that you don't need to be promoting anything. Like this is about like preserving a yeah, moment in time. You I know what we, I mean? But I knew when you were
1: calling that if I picked up, it would have been recorded. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, That's but, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, Touche, uh, I
0: knew what you were doing. Touche. Um, At least we're scheduling now yeah exactly exactly <laughs> dude i will take me i, I want to talk about this new music because it's incredible but i, I want to you were mentioning like you didn't think you were going to do music anymore like you didn't how did how did it go from like music is our life to maybe we're not going to do this anymore because i had the same thing when i stopped touring i was like i'm done with music but then i kind of found my place here which has kept me going yeah. But for you, where did that shift happen and then when did you if at all become okay with it?
1: Um well, I mean, I found out on social media or like Facebook, you know, logging on to Facebook that the band was on hiatus. You know, so it's like I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, It's just not my decision, but you know, what something that is, you know, a huge part of the core of your like personality is, you know, gone in an instant. And it's, it's some things are out of your decision and, um, how you cope with that some days are, were better than others. I was pissed off, but, um, you know, it, if one person didn't want to do it, that was enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the end of the day, that's kind of where you have to end up as well. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a, not, a sustainable if you can't accept the truth
0: true it but did did it take a long time for you to or did you ever become okay with that like that it wasn't gonna happen again before what we're about to talk about but like well that I will acceptance. say that it was
1: prefaced with a indefinite hiatus but you know it's like how many bands go away and come back that are still gonna be looked at like not seriously but uh, if you're going away you have to basically feel like half of those people are never gonna find out you're even ever gonna come back um it's my whole thing about music is if you want to put it out, you can put it out. You don't have to tell anybody anything. I could go away for 20 years and come out with another record. If I wanted to, it doesn't really have to, it's, it's open to whatever you want it to be. So that's the way I looked at it, but it was more, I think, you know, Adam had a lot of material that he wanted to put out. And I think he thought that, doing so would let people stop asking so many questions about the next album and just kind of like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And I don't blame him for that. Um, but you know, I think he realized that maybe he could have had both and that's not easy for him. he, everybody has their own, you know, reasoning. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to put too many words in other people's mouths. Um, I'm okay with it. So I needed the break, you know, it's hard to work on something so hard and, you know, come out with, you know, pennies and to think that every, all of us are going to have the same views on You know, when we started the band, fresh out of high school you know it's like every life lesson that we learned we had to learn together Mm -hmm. you know it's most bands go on tour and then they come home and they all split up like well we got home from tour and got out of the van and into the band house and you know that's hard you know like everybody's dealing with their own personal stuff and i think i think uh the the proximity is kind of what hurt us after a while we uh there's one thing about like going to a place and practicing whether it's you know our parents basements or you know a practice spot but when it's okay like we're all in the house we're all in the living room watching tv like all right, now we're all going to get up and go write a song. It's just a little, there's not enough separation there. There's not enough like magic, I guess. Mm. Um, But, you know, it worked for a while. You know, I think those first few records, we were just so dialed in like, it, it was a magical time. I think um, the it was just churning out at a crazy pace. You know, I think we played our third ever show out of state. Just I think we drove all the way to Arkansas just for just for a local show down there. And just just to do it, um, and. You know, I think that's important to just do it. Like, if the opportunity is there, sometimes it's the best thing you can do is not say no. So, yeah, uh, that that really helped us early.
0: I think that, I think that, that mentality is so important. To just do, I mean, just if you want to do something, just do it, even if it is driving to Arkansas for a local show. And I remember that band house. That was, that was, I think, one of the most interesting times in the touring days when I was still in it with you guys touring, where we came to the band house, Adam was demoing for Always Open Mouth, I believe, Uh, but One of the coolest things was because we – this is going to sound really weird. (laughs) So when we got stuck in Colorado, like we shuffled around from house to house to house. But I don't think we ever went to your house to stay. So I never saw your like home base ever until that band house. And we went in your room and you had a bunch of records, like a bunch of vinyl that I didn't know you were into vinyl either but then like sifting through it and seeing what you were listening to was fascinating. I was like, Holy shit. Like I like these bands too, but they were like bands that weren't in the scene. Like they were like, like I think you had some sun records and like, like rad shit that wouldn't necessarily be on the iPod or of, of someone in a band like fear before. But I was like, awesome. Cause I was getting into that stuff too. And then seeing that and connecting on that level into kind of your home base, was super interesting i remember that specifically about that house of being surprised looking through your record collection like
1: holy shit yeah i mean i have everything from you know classic rock to you know i have my great grandmother's old records like Mm -hmm. a lot of like just weird yugoslavian records and you know just big band stuff and it i i always just collected it you know Mm -hmm. when my when she was gonna pass away, she started giving away all her things. And one of the last uh, stuff she had was her and my late great grandfather's like records. And she, she told my dad, "Oh, nobody's gonna want this stuff." And he's like, "David, will take that." She's like. <laughs> oh it's everything it's all before 1968 she said <laughs> <laughs> he's like he doesn't care um like I love that's when it starts 68 to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that was their cutoff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, i think like i you don't know harry belafonte and you know things like herp albert and stuff like that um we were in there but uh i don't know um what was I going to say? Oh, not seeing, you know, my childhood house is because when my family moved to Colorado, um, we were closer to the high school and it was just a rental house until their house was finished further away. I was supposed to move high schools again. Um, for my senior year, uh, but I didn't want to have to go through that again. And my parents didn't want to have to go through that again for me. So they allowed me to stay at that high school Mm. and you know, I wouldn't have been in the band if it weren't for that. So, you know, I had, I didn't have any friends to warrant staying at the high school that year, but they allowed me to do it. And, you know, my house was just too far away for everyone to go, Yeah, you know decentralize us from hanging out while you guys were stuck there with us (laughs) you have stayed at my grandparents house though in california
0: yes we did that was awesome and we stayed at chugger's house a lot did his so is chugger's we used to like use the internet in that home office they had did they really start the vrbo thing is that them So we were hanging out in that um, office that started VRBO. Yeah,
1: dad (laughs) did that for – he did that for free for a year until he started charging, and then they sold it big time. Wow. Um, Incredible. Like a handful of years ago. I don't know what year they let it go, but yeah, yeah, it was – he had a lot of
0: foresight. Mm -hmm. We never met them. They were never there. We never met them. We drink all their apple juice. And eat all their food but we they were never there not one time did they we meet were them. probably just on a trip you know that, that yeah. was probably only a couple weeks they're always down there though hmm it's weird to think about that <laughs> well speaking of of like just doing it and and tell me how uh memory drip came to be because that's why we're talking now because you sent me i'm tr- maybe who told someone mentioned it to me that it was possibly happening or something. I remember it before this. Um, and then you, you had Marshall send me the record. It, Marshall? it might've been Marshall. It might've been Dan. It may have been because like Dan it. and I were talking every day. So like it may have come across in that conversation. I, Dan is
1: great. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the best thing fear before I ever had were, you know, people like Dan, you know, he believed in us from so early um, that when adversity started happening, it was almost like, no, no. Like Dan says, we're, we're going to be the best ever. You know, it's (laughs) like, it was almost like things aren't lining up, you know, like we're supposed to be selling this much. (laughs) Um, But it was only because he believed in us so much that, you know, that rubbed off, rubbed off on us. But, um, he has done a lot to this day and he always keeps in contact when he comes through Colorado. Mm -hmm. I get to see him and his lady and, and his son. So it's also, it's always good. Um, he's, uh, he's always letting me know when stuff's happening and sending
0: me little things here and there. So Mm -hmm. it's nice. Love that dude. Me too. He's a wonderful man. Uh, yeah, he's a, a wonderful person. But I, I don't remember if it was him or Marshall. It may have been Marshall because Marshall sent me the other thing he's working on or finished with. And it's also incredible. But then I was like, okay, Marshall and David, like, this is going to be cool. And then he sent it to me after you and I were texting the other day. And I think I was texting you throughout listening to us. I was just sitting here in the studio with headphones on, just eyes closed, just mesmerized by what i was hearing man (laughs) like it was like i was talking about earlier those records every record was different what's gonna what's dave gonna sound like what's he gonna do this was like so far removed from that i was like what could this possibly be and it just like overcame me like it was just like what is like this is incredible like what you guys have done here is easily the best thing you've ever done like it's it's hands down it's incredible your voice even right now, just you and I talking like your whole cadence is different. Like in your speech, like you're, you, you, you when I remember speaking to you last face to face, I knew your speech was kind of slower. Like your, your cadence was slower, not your speech, but you would, you would talk in more of like a, like a reserved kind of flow. That was like, but not, like you're a whole different person. Like it's, yeah. it's, it, it's interesting. And I'm not saying it in like a, well,
1: no, uh, I'm, it's hard to see yourself in that. So it's, uh, I
0: always just take it in. So. Yeah, well, you're I'm yeah, not I mean, saying not. maybe that was I don't know what it was, but it was always like interesting to me on how your cadence was slower speaking, but you could scream some of the fastest like, like, where does the switch change? You know, but anyways, uh, your whole vocal style on this on this memory drip. Uh, EP is is amazing, and the I mean, there's screaming there, there's singing. Like some of the screaming really takes me back to that time, but it's new. Like it's it's Dave, but it's new. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to describe it in the right way here. Like it has enough of that classic sound that really like brings the nostalgia in, but you're still pushing the envelope to another level, and that's what makes it new. Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm just rambling here, but I'm just, I'm elated with this release, dude. It's so good. Um, Thank you. Let's talk on that. Yeah. I
1: mean, really it's, it's so weird because, you know, this whole thing is so fluky and wild to me still, but you know, this would have never happened it, you know, if it weren't for the pandemic, because you know, while sitting at home, you know, I don't really go on YouTube and watch live performances of albums. Um, Some people love it. You know, I'd rather just, you know, listen to an album while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. Um, But teenage wrist was putting out a new record and playing it live kind of in the studio kind of thing. And, you know, I, I like, that band Um, I knew that Marshall was taking over, you know, vocally full time after cam or calm moved on. Um, But I just was watching it. And when he when Marshall reached down to like turn a knob on his pedals, I could see had a fear before tattoo on the inside of his arm, like the dancer logo. And I was just like, what? (laughs) That's the small world. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go on Instagram and tell him I like his new record. You know, I would want to hear that if, you know, I was if I was the new singer or not new singer. But like if I just took over fully on vocals, I would want to hear it, especially Mm -hmm. from somebody that I already knew liked my old stuff instantly without ever meeting him and within a half hour or something of writing him on Instagram, he was saying, what are you doing musically? And do you want to do something musically? And I was just like, there's okay. There's two ways that always goes. It's a, well, usually only one way it's yeah, I got this buddy who's in Colorado and he wants to start a band. You guys should write together. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to start a band with your buddy. Yeah. But, uh, when I asked with you, is this, you'd want to do it with me? He goes, yeah. I was like, I'd be crazy. to say no. So it, uh, that's kind of how it started. And he, he was, um, he plays guitar live for three Oh three, um, and he decided to come out a day or two early, um, for the red rock show and, uh, see if we could do something. And yeah, we wrote a song that first day together, you know, based off of a couple part ideas that he had. Mm-hmm. I can tell you <laughs> that first day or that my first vocal ideas were so terrible, like th- to go from, you know, the first couple ideas to the way that the song turned out is night and day. I can't tell you. Um, but you know, <laughs> what he was able to, what he was able to get out and what we have now, you know, it's now a couple of years of bouncing back between him coming out here to Colorado and me out to LA. Like, I'm just so happy with what we've done. We've, you know, I didn't know if he was just going to be producing music for me, mm-hmm. like, you know, here, like, let's write you a project. Cause he produces other bands. He does other things. He's in a very successful band and teenage wrist. And I didn't know if, you know, that first demo was going to be the finished product, but, you know, then we're, in the studio here, like a nice one. And we're, you know, getting a real drummer, <laughs> you know, like our friend, Justin Forrest from the band Caspian. He's also in the band. So,
0: okay.
1: um, that are blowing up. Um, and he wanted to do it and suddenly like, Holy shit, like this sounds amazing. And, you know, we have, you know, seven tracks and we're putting it out ourselves and, it's something that you know is just a blessing so i'm really excited about it like we got to work with some really cool people and um this guy uh his friend kevin McCombs, he's he did he did the mixing um he's done uh like teenage wrist records and mm-hmm. he's done stuff for like papa roach and uh Devil Wears Prada, so sounds really good. And then we went with a real mass uh, for real mastering, and that guy Nick Townsend, he's done everything from like work with Dr. Dre and <laughs> Pearl Jam and Weezer and Grimes. It's like it's ridiculous. I, I don't know. I don't know how it all happened like this, but it's happening. So i'm really
0: excited i think it's supposed to happen that's why it's happening dan and i always talk about the universe because we're not religious people but we believe the universe has it it does things like it you put stuff out there you get things back like we always will just text back and forth like just the universe when something happens that how the hell did that happen the universe that's kind of the thing i don't know if you guys talk about that but um it's something that that we would always use and like I said, these these songs are so good. I text Marshall, while I was texting you, I think I said, uh, who did you sell your soul to to write riffs like this? Because he's a monster with yeah. riffs. Uh, it's yeah. insane. He's got a nickname. We call him Wham
1: Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Wham Daddy? Yeah, oh. yeah. He's... I tell you, man, he, he, he makes me feel the way like kind of Casey and, and Bobby work together in like kind of one person. Mm-hmm. He's, he's able to, you know, listen to my idea and not shoot it down and, you know, try to actually, He it's so fluid and it's quick and it, it does seem like he's sold a soul to somebody because it's yeah. just, it's effortless. Um, it's not like sitting there with writer's block or like let's look at it tomorrow. It's like, oh, do this and we'll try that. And then somehow it it works. It's like uh, you know, that um I you probably haven't seen it. It's like this Pink Floyd DVD where they're talking about Sid Barrett and he was like you know, twisted in his mind playing this part and David Gilmore is like oh let's just try it backwards and it fit perfectly it's just it just slides right in and you don't know, you move on to the next thing cuz you don't even have to dwell on it anymore
0: yeah is that in the live from pompeii dvd
1: i want to say it's like some sid barrett documentary yeah okay. uh, when when uh when we were like when fear before was in our most successful or money making era. I would just, if I was bored, I'd go to Best Buy and buy a DVD or a CD, you know, I was just like, I need some, some form of content. And, you know, I I learned a lot about other bands and sounds just because of curiosity and not, not being stuck to one genre or style. It was just whether it's, you know, pop music or you know the heaviest thing I can think of it's it's all it's all worth a listen
0: yeah dude tell me tell me about like where the lyrics came from on this on this project and and kind of what what was behind those because I mean some of the seems like some of the deepest stuff I've heard from you and but also like the vocal ideas like how did those develop like did you have music first did you send like voice memos to to uh marshall like talk to me about that because this is a really like like you can feel it on this release you can feel the 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 power behind it as far as where it's coming from but talk a little bit on that yeah um you know Something that I
1: was talking about earlier is, you know, everybody goes through, you know, sea changes and big parts of their lives, and it's all in how we deal with them or, you know, learn to learn from them or grow from them. Um, but, you know, for me, after, you know, the band went away, I was freshly married and, you know, to a, to an Australian that I met on tour there and, you know, learning, you know, the differences of, you know, a person and, you know, and then getting, finding out one day that they're having an affair with your best friend. And, and that's just always going to, you know, fuck you up, you know, like yeah. whether you're married or not, it's, a, uh, it's, um, how you deal with them. And, you know, I don't think that I dealt with it good. I, you know, I tried to go to therapy. I tried to ask my ex to go to therapy and, you know, think she went once and didn't go back and I kept going and, you know, I, I made the mistake of trying to, you know, Forgive and mm-hmm. see if it would work out, and then a year later it happened again. So
0: it's a uh, holy shit.
1: Yeah, and you just the embarrassment of divorce, and you know, no outlet at the time. I I went to a dark place for sure. I mean, I just the embarrassment um, and the shame that I felt for something totally out of my control, but. I made it worse by not talking about it because, you know, everyone, even to this day, all my friends are still like friends with her and I'm not going to tell anybody not to be, but they don't know our story, whether I wanted that to be true or not. I think I just was, felt too much shame. And I think this is now finally, you know, it's eight, 10 years later that I'm even like, okay with, you know, letting it out and not you know worrying what other people think about it because you know everybody's got their opinion right they're like assholes yeah everybody's got one Mm -hmm. um so part you know some of that is is definitely a reference in the record and other things are you know boundaries um saying no to some things. I know I said earlier, (laughs) you, sometimes it's just about saying yes, but that can really hurt you in the long run. we know when people are taking advantage of those things, when they know you're going to say yes to everything. So there's a little bit of, there's always going to be this push and pull and the way we think about things one day or a little bit different the next. And that's another like idea, even the name memory drip for me, I was really trying to come up with something that speaks to the way that we do remember things like they are a very steady stream. It's not all one thing. You can't just like, reflect on one thing and have one opinion about it. It's like a slow drip and like an hourglass where, you know, you remember one thing that falls and then suddenly it's like, you can reference one day on tour and then suddenly all the other, Oh, and then this happened. Oh yeah. That thing happened. And they just keep coming. Yeah. And, um, that's one idea that I really liked that came out throughout the record. And it's, it's very cohesive. It's not a concept record, but it definitely it's life. It's um, it's boundaries, it's growth. It's the past and present good and bad. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of those things. So it, it, it's hard to put those things and let go of those ideas if they're not like worded the way you want them it's i think the hardest part for me was after not writing songs for you know 10 years to suddenly like oh shit this is my i better not like i better get it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know can't forget that thing um but that's what the next album's for. We're already writing more, so it's more drips uh, come out
0: after the record's done, bro. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's gonna be like verbal diarrhea
1: the next album.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> man. Dave, I I had no idea. I mean, I knew about the divorce and stuff. I had no idea the the depth of where that came from. And it breaks my heart to hear that. And I I'm I'm terribly sorry that happened to you, but I know From what you're saying, like I mean, it's you've turned it into something like it's it's not just a uh, a bump in the road. I mean, bump in the road is a very poor way to say it, I guess. But like, what's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Distrokid. Distrokid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the Internet, Uh, You want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show
1: for you. So please subscribe to Nemo the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform. And we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.
0: Hey, guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure. And I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. In the road of life, I guess, like there's speed bumps and potholes and things like that to put in an analogy, but, uh, to make it useful, like yeah. pulling something from it, whether it's a lesson uh, or just strength or um, learning to overcome something like shame, like, like which is a complete valid emotion to have in that situation. But, you know, reconciling with those feelings is it makes you so much stronger. And I love that you, you were going to therapy cause it's hands down important one of the most important things i think everyone should have it agreed yeah every therapist has a therapist like they don't know how to handle their own bullshit so they go to somebody too and but the whole idea is to just talk about these things and hear yourself say them and figure it out for yourself essentially with like a little person pushing you along a little bit like giving you Mm -hmm. saying it and verbalizing it so like when you put these feelings down to paper and then put them through that microphone did you feel any closure with that or any further along from it or do you just feel that you have something now that what have you been up to last 10 years here you go here's seven songs that's what i've been up to the last 10 years
1: well yeah i mean the thing about trauma and whether that trauma during the band days or during, you know, divorce or, you know, breakups. I mean, I've had better relationships since my divorce that have come and gone as well. Um, it's all about, you know, being open to them and you know, and that's kind of the hardest thing is letting yourself make new experiences or thinking. So for a while I was like, well, that happened because of this. So I can't ever let that happen again. Well, that all sounds very well and good. If you can, if the world worked that way, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's so many other things that can go wrong or right. Um, It's less about, you know, only making it through this perfect maze and, you know, just kind of experiencing more of the present and that's uh that's what I'm trying to do more is you know live a little
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and get get out and not be you know from just the just the overall vibe of like social media and and the little pieces here and there it seems like you may became kind of reclusive after that whole time Um, oh yeah you know just looking at it from the outside is the vibe I got from things and I've just always you're always on my mind because like you know
1: I don't some people have a hard time you know being alone or you know knowing themselves um I'm pretty I'm almost too comfortable doing that I can you know go out with headphones in and go on a 2 hour walk or you know just even if i'm going to sit at the bar i can put headphones in and listen to a podcast or i watch a shitload of hockey <laughs> um, but uh i don't know I, I do i do have to push myself to to get out and meet new people and not be that guy i'll be 40 by the time this comes out mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be that guy, you know, that (laughs) sad, lonely guy I'm not right now, but I could be, um, can't we all, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm always learning. Um, but you know, it's not always about just being lonely or with somebody it's there's boundaries and, um, I I am trying to not just say yes to everything and, you know, do things for only other people. And it's, those are hard lessons to
0: learn too. Dude, I'm going through that with my therapist right now, with boundaries talking about boundaries, talking about, I had like a nervous breakdown over this podcast of just what am I doing this for? Like what, why am I doing five or six of these in a week? Why don't I do one a week and really make it count? Why do I feel the need to this publicist sends me this? Okay. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay, cool. Am I trying to do it to get their next bigger guest? Am I doing because yeah. I want to? I have no fucking idea, but I was getting anxiety yeah. over it and it wasn't become, it was becoming less fun. It wasn't a passion anymore. It was like a business. And I'm like, this is not what I intended this to be. And then I'm trying yeah. to deal with that. And like, you know, why am I selling ad space on something that's this important to me that it comes out in a pure fashion, that it comes out unedited, that it comes out not in multiple parts to make more ad money or get more downloads. Like it comes out in one piece. This is how it works. And I've stayed true to that. But at the same time, I struggle with why did I say yes to this? Why did I say yes to that? I didn't have to, but I did. And now I'm committed to it. So like, it became a big struggle. So like the boundary thing came up. Like I have work, this, family, all that stuff. And I have no time for any of it. And it became chaos. And I was like starting yeah. to get overwhelmed now, have panic attacks. And that's when the boundary conversation came in and I've it just kind of opened my brain. Like yeah. I don't have to say yes to that. I don't have, what happens if I don't do that episode? Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it didn't happen. The same reason, you could do any of these. If it's bad, it won't come out. No one's, mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't want to waste people's time. Anyway, that's that's a whole nother conversation. But um, the boundary thing is, is, is very important nowadays, especially because how easy it is to get in touch with people. Like you reached out to Marshall on Instagram. You're in a band now. Like it was that fast. But yeah. The fact that.
1: I mean, there's definitely people
0: out there that will
1: wear your skin. If you get, if you let them, if, uh, I mean, it's the social media thing, it's only getting more and more, but it's been there. I mean, through MySpace, through Facebook, I mean, Instagram the last 10 years or whatever, it's, it's always been there. I just think it is a little, it's for me, it's easier now, but you know, when we were popular or even, growing the band. I used to, the way I promoted was, uh, becoming a member on a message board. We used, or I, I personally joined my chemical romance Thursdays, uh, coding Cambria's. I think those were like the main three that I joined. And I would just make a hundred posts about, you know, music and, and whatever. And then on like the 101st, I'd be like, Oh, I'm also in a band and be like, wait, what? Like, what's your band? And, you know, like, Oh, I like that. I like you guys. Like, why didn't you tell anybody? It's like, well, I wanted to be a part of the community before I just selflessly promoted my shit Um, and that really worked, you know, some of those people are lifelong friends still. And, um, it's really cool. Um, those were like the kind of communities that fostered those things and those bands, you know, had a platform and now it's, you know, and, and also AIM, I used to put my screen name on there and I would have 20, my, my whole screen, just full of 20 instant messenger screens. I just talk to anybody and everybody about anything on my parents' dial up, you know, it's like just all night, just talk typing away. And, um, I think that's severely missing, um, in music these days, um, just to, to be able to, Loosely do it, and not have it be your one point of contact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? yeah, like it all it got dangerous at a point, you know, sometimes somebody's not going through you know a good time, and they're like, Hey, if you don't talk to me right now, I'm just gonna kill myself. It's like you know, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. It's not on me to, you know, save somebody's life every night. They're calling, you know, my bluff. Um, But you do want to be there for them in a certain capacity. I struggled with those things early, early on with like MySpace and stuff. Um, uh, The way, you know, the way Instagram works now is once you hit like a hundred messages, they're just. It says like 99 plus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not like a full inbox that you can see kind of like if you're trying to message somebody with millions of followers they're not seeing your message Mm -hmm. like i see a bunch still because my shit rarely gets over a hundred but it happens every time i make a band post it like and now that I've started a project, it, it's hard to keep up. I, I, don't get Instagram. I've got there's like four in inboxes, you know. Yeah. Requests and primary and I, there's mm-hmm. like four of them, and it's like, how do I organize this and not be an asshole? I want to say like, thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> That's for people like Britney Spears that have like 25 million followers.
1: Don't, don't think I'm an asshole because I don't see your message, but yeah. I don't
0: well. know. It's weird because talking about boundaries too is is they've – Instagram has kind of set up boundaries with that, having your general inbox and then your primary, which is like your friends that you talk to, the general for like messages you're keeping up on with people you don't know, and then you got the requests. But then it also kind of – I'm just so bad at organizing. It turns people into – when it goes 99 plus, like it's like, okay, once you hit 99, none of these messages matter anymore. It almost like – uh voids out some people you know like okay you don't matter yeah, anymore you're really you're 101 yet. It's uh, like, we might do this. yeah do it real quick before i forget this because i'm and of course this is gonna tie together but when you're talking about uh memory drip being the, you know those drops coming down the 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 things tackling on to other things and 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 oh we were playing the penny arcade in rochester or whatever and then this happened and then this happened you know later one thing that really fucked me up as far as, like, uh, philosophically, I guess, is is I don't remember where I heard it. But when you remember something, you don't remember it. You remember the last time you remembered it. That yeah. That really fucks with me. The last, yeah. That's how things change. And that's how things, like, start. That's why it's when I say I remember these things, like, your room at the band house. Like, maybe that didn't happen. I'm pretty sure it did. It did. But it did maybe the details of it are different so maybe sure. those that ties into that whole drip thing of like cruising in there though these these random random thoughts or random memories that come back at with no control of your own they just hit you yeah so fascinating i i love that name and the the artwork you sent me it's fantastic yeah Brandon props so cool brandon is the best dude me too his like collage work and stuff is so cool and uh that even brought me back like it was just like this is great like uh Mm -hmm. just a fascinating experience it seems like you've gone through in this this return to music which i'm so happy about david like i i am so stoked that you're doing something musically because it needs to be out there i mean you've been you're such an influential influential person to so many people through your music and just your voice and the fact that it's back now to where there's like new creations coming from it is so needed. I really believe yeah. that uh, and I'm sure a lot of other people will too. Um, once they hear this, I feel kind of awesome cause I've heard it and a lot of other people have <laughs> cause it's mm-hmm. so good. I just can't wait for it to come out because then the real conversation can start, you know, when people start absorbing this thing. Um, and uh yeah and then gatsby's is back doing shows and then they're on like sound talent group now the same uh the booking agent side of the network the show's on okay so that's awesome um without bobby which sucks but i so
1: you said that we're gonna let this come out after yeah we make yeah our our music announcement so yeah i guess we could put dates on that but um we're going to be releasing the first uh, song with a video on March seventeenth. Um, which which song? Good for it. The yes. second track. That's exactly it's what I was going to ask of, about. <laughs> yeah, we went back and forth. It's it's really hard to pick that stuff. I feel I fear before the March of Flames. I've, we messed that up a couple times where we. We're like, oh, we're going to do this one first and then this one second. It's like, we should just go with the one you want the most mm-hmm. first. Um, and it makes the most sense. So it's the most dynamic, I think, like for video. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're filming that on March 2nd. And then, yeah, it'll. we're playing that Gatsby's reunion show um, April 28th. That'll be our third show ever, much like fear before third show ever out of town. I just
0: realized, mm-hmm, there you go.
1: <laughs> you can't stay away, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gotta just do it. There's a drip right there. A drip just, right there. A drip just happened. So, yeah. There it is. My God. But, uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's, it's happening.
0: Yeah. What, what kind of, are you doing like a treatment for this video or is it just a live video? What's it going to be? It's gonna be performance
1: based for sure. Um, I have, you know, an aesthetic with the album cover, with you know the stage setup that it's gonna mirror that. You know, it's, you know, I've got, I bought like three hundred dollars worth of fake flowers the other day, and you know, a fog machine and all that fun stuff. So, fake trees, all that. Um, trying to figure out if I can try my hand at mural painting if I don't get that done and it's just going to look fine without it but I'm always trying to add something some element that was a big part of you know what I wanted to do in Fear Before as well and you know we did many different forms of you know lights and concepts and such and that's not going to stop I'm The biggest, you know, pop in production fan, whether it's, you know, you know, I'll, I'll go to any big show, um, I have a friend that has gotten me into everything from like the first time I went and saw Taylor Swift was on our speak now tour, Mm -hmm. and I was just kind of like, I'll go see it. But afterwards (laughs) I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm fucking a fan. This is fun. You know, it's like. They got a whole fucking setup that comes up out of the stage, or, you know, bells that come down and trapeze artists, you know, hanging from bungee cords bouncing in, you know, church bells kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to be able to bring that, you know, not that, but um, some production to an indie independent stage, you know, I um, how many millions of bands play for house lights every night, you mm-hmm. know, how, how do you set yourself apart, even if it's one thing, it might be the one thing people remember. So I always want to think about those things and try and give something gives people something to remember yeah
0: um so it makes sense dude even if it's a, even if it's a loose idea yeah that, well there's a lot of songs that didn't make sense to me until i saw the video back in the day too like i hear it on the radio i was like oh that song's okay but then i see it on mtv and i'm like oh that's a great song it just clicked with the visual side um uh, mm-hmm. which production's huge for that like have you ever seen muse on any of their crazy tours with the like pillars that come out of the stage that they're on Tester, and shit. Yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's of, of course like above and beyond. But if you you um like me without you always had an aesthetic on stage like whether it was mm-hmm. like finding like dead stuff or like dumpster diving and cooking for people like a whole experience with them and then like just stuff all over the stage and um like a fear before those light boxes were awesome like so many people are using just those construction lights but making actual light boxes and, you know, ones you would stand on. And like, you guys always yeah, had something. Going. Dad made that,
1: one. that one, I don't know where it went. I actually couldn't tell you. I have, I have a, like those four red and white pillars that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can repurpose them. I I'm never going to use everything the same. um, it would have to be cut up and figured out. I don't really have enough time for it. I don't think for this video concept, but I'm always looking in like, Oh, what can we do? That's not gonna be so invasive. You know, some of those light, you know, when we're headlining, we add, you know, a dozen light boxes, you know, Mm -hmm. and a huge trailer, um, but it was such a big part of our identity that, that I didn't want to play without them. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It, there's always something more to add and mm-hmm. think of differently or I don't know, even with technology and lighting, I feel like it's, there's gotta be more compact <laughs>
0: ways of doing it. And, yeah, for sure. And, Dude, I'm, I'm, as i'm thinking about this as we're talking like i'm super i mean i'm very excited that you're back doing this but the cool thing too is how many new people are going to hear your voice and and fall in love with that and have uh, that have never heard it before it's gonna be a whole new audience which is also awesome because then they're going to dig backwards or maybe not but the whole new the whole new gathering of of people that are going to hear this um it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm not even, there's no expectations really. You know, it's, um, I can't expect, you know, everyone to hear it even, you know, or even to know that it's me, um, unless they're reading, you know, the fine print or see something like this. Um, but, you know, music is a funny thing, you know, I, when I'm sure it was similar for you when you decided to make music your life, you know, when you told your family, oh, I'm going to do this. It's like, well, that doesn't seem like a, that that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Well, it only takes, it really only takes one song. Um, not that that's like what you're going for, but Anything can happen. So it's just about putting it out there, and you know, your whole life can change with one song. Um, who's to say it can again? So,
0: yeah, it's very true. That's very true. Um, I've just, I like I said, I'm over, over, like, I don't even know the words right now. I'm just so excited for this because, uh, it's still fresh for me too, because we just got it a few days ago and, and, uh, been sitting with it and uh, i'm just stoked for people to hear it i'm stoked you're back i'm stoked you're in a uh, a better place and and working through these things that have that have knocked you down and fighting your way back instead of letting them consume you um you know asking for help going to therapy putting these things on paper putting these things in people's ears you know it takes a lot of guts to put that shit on the world instead of just you know talking to your friends about it or talking to therapists about it, but like putting it on a record and throwing it out into the world takes a lot of bravery to do that To anything creative and i'm just glad yeah, you're doing anybody
1: it. Can, anybody can poo-poo it yeah. at any moment and, and that that's hurts. i mean that's nothing new Yeah, but we could but still search search fear before news or tour news and it would still you'd see a bunch of people calling us the hard f and uh-huh. van flip and van flip before the march of flames <laughs> Jesus Oh! if i had a dollar for every time somebody wished for my death i'd be a fucking millionaire
0: are you fucking serious oh, my yeah. god after this google it i'm going to that's fucking <laughs> terrible wow why uh, um what like you're why
1: if everyone likes something you're kind of doing something wrong i think so yeah i always looked at it like that you know
0: yeah it's not pissing people off if everyone
1: if everyone liked nirvana it would it wouldn't be nirvana you know like they got a bunch of hate they're they were the biggest rock band of our time and it's not impervious to some awkward kids from Colorado. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew that we were weird, so I'm not afraid to hear that we're weird or
0: yeah, I, called names. I remember the Cookie Monster comments from the early days. <clears throat> oh yeah, that was always funny. It was yeah. like, oh my god. Okay, it's not, not Cookie Monster not anymore. Entirely I'll tell incorrect. you that. <laughs> tell you that right now oh man uh god dave i i am so stoked um we're getting to do this man like i I really am like this i've really been excited to do this and and you know i never wanted to push you push you into doing this but i'm really glad uh you wanted to this time because i knew at the time was right it would maybe happen and i was fine with that I was fine if it never happened but i i mm-hmm. uh it really means a lot that you come on and do this and especially with this kind of exciting stuff going on, you know? Um, yeah, I'm glad it got to this point where you had something that you wanted to talk about and, and, and put out there and uh, do people are going to love this record. It's awesome. So good. Thanks me. But, um, thank yeah, you. Man, I really, really appreciate it. And, and, uh, yeah, I, you said it's the, the Gatsby show is the 28th, April 28th. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was the eighth. My wife has a marathon on the eighth and I was like, fuck, I can't go to this thing. If it's on the eighth, there's a good chance yeah, I might so be able to make know. it to this. Sweet. Dude, I'm down it's to get on a plane for this.
1: I mean, people are coming from
0: all over, so yeah. I'm excited. And Garrett's going to be there. Mm-hmm. He Richie. does. He works for a company that I use at work, building buildings, a uh, Procore. core. Uh, he's like like, do you happen to use this program no it's for just construction in general and uh i was like yeah i use Procore. he's like yeah i work on that like what okay then everything comes full circle is he in austin i think so because he was talking about wanting to maybe move to portland so he's asking how i liked it i was like don't move here (laughs) (laughs) it's going down the tubes big time uh it's getting scary here but um yeah, that was the the last time I talked to him. He's like, hey, what do you think of Portland? Honestly? He, is, he
1: is in Texas. <laughs> yeah,
0: he is. Austin, Texas, of all places well, where everyone's yeah, that's, moving. That's an island. Yeah, but... man. Well, Dave, dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. And uh, yeah, do you know <sighs> music's coming? Do you know when this is actually going to get released? The, the actual record's going to get released? Have you guys decided on that? Like the full thing?
1: Uh, I feel like everything will be out by the time the Gatsby show. I think I think we're gonna do that first. Good for it. Single and video on March seventeenth, and then we'll start releasing like a new song every couple weeks and Perfect. Just so end of April it'll be
0: out before end of April. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we want to have it all out by mid-April.
0: Excellent okay my friend well dude again thank you for doing this it means a lot it was so nice yeah, to catch thanks up for having with you me. and
1: thanks for letting me say no for six years Dude, you can say no
0: as long as you want <laughs> <laughs> you're my friend man I, i'm not going to hold you over the coals for anything i i just i'm i'm glad you're here and and uh, i really value your friendship and i have for a long time and uh yeah means a lot to me people like you mean a lot to me and and uh yeah carte blanche with me my friend you can say no right forever on. it's okay next one next one will be more story time i guess <laughs> right on brother well we'll talk very soon and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your evening
1: all right me and brandon are gonna go see sunny day real estate
0: and apple cast right now right now dude yeah give him a hug for me please we'll do all oh, right, and my uh yeah i uh, was
1: gonna say my uh actually what was i gonna say you know when you have a brain fart i do oh um <laughs> i was gonna say if you see the the portugal guys tell him i said hi
0: i will i was just working on something for him today uh i'll probably Go. be seeing him shortly but uh yeah enjoy the show my friend give brandon a hug for me and and uh be well bye bye all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did uh, with David Marion, my good buddy from Fear Before the March of Flames and now of Memory Drip. Please go check out Memory Drip on the socials, on Spotify. Jam that good for it song. It's incredible. And I can only say the the rest of the record is absolutely phenomenal with some of the best lyrics Dave, David has ever written um, and some of the best music. I mean, uh, it's crazy. Marshall is ferocious on guitar. Marshall from Teenage Wrist one of the my guitar player of the year and it's only almost April but I'm calling it now he is my guitar player of the year for 2023 with what he has coming out it's unreal so we will also have Marshall back on the show soon Um, we're going to get everyone in the band on Um, but thank you so much for listening week after week thanks for coming back thanks for supporting this show Uh, telling friends about it uh, binging the episodes sending all the awesome messages, all the awful messages, all the mean messages, as long as you're paying attention, that's all that matters. I really just did not expect this to go where it went and uh, it's become a real thing. So, and I owe it all to you guys. So thank you so much. Thanks to David for coming on and being such a great friend through the years. And uh, I'm just so pleased with what he's doing. So definitely support him please. And uh, yeah, if you checked him out because of this show, let him know. I've been, I've been talking to him about doing this for a long time and and I'm really glad that it's finally happened. So I'm going to get out of here guys. I got a lot left to do. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Uh, we got some awesome episodes coming up. No signs of slowing down. So keep your ear to the ground. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.
1: This is the story of Kurt Cobain.
0: Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear.